Okay, so do we have any boondocker survivors in the crowd? Anybody who's been to boondocker? Yes. Okay, so that was Lake, uh, what lake was it? Cal- Calamus. Here we are. And it was middle schoolers, right? It was a middle schooler event. So there's these children running all around the shores of Lake Calamus. And they would be building these sandcastles. They would spend hours on them, like four hours on this one sandcastle. And inevitably, another middle schooler would be playing catch and run right through it and absolutely destroy it. But then they would try to rebuild it. And they would have a nice, fun, and the hot sun day. And then you would see this bald head just bobbing out about 15 feet from the shore. And you wonder, what's that? And here's Josh Sykes. And you think he's just, um, you know, surveying the crowd, watching over his flock, taking in the great day. But what he was doing was underneath the service, he was digging holes with his feet as to trap children who were running into the lake. And I didn't get the vision at first. I didn't get why this was happening until I saw a child full out sprint, hit the hole and go... <laughs> on the water and totally just bust our face on it. I'm like, I'm in. And so for the rest of the weekend, we sat together, innocently dug a hole, scooched back, <laughs> dug a hole, scooched back, and just watched them just, just every time. It was beautiful, great, fond memories. But back to the children building sandcastles. Has anybody ever successfully built a sandcastle? Like not just the bucket upside down and then it goes. <laughs> Any, okay, okay, we have some successful sandcastlers. That's very good. Once you build your sand castle, don't you like have to protect it? Like there's this, <clears throat> you have this like fond like care for it and you, and you try to protect it from anybody on the outside. You build a moat around it so the waves can have some place to go around it so it can survive. Tonight I'm going to use this metaphor of sand castles. And we have to protect the sand castles because we know how fragile they are and how easy it is to destroy them. And tonight, I want to introduce you to a few sandcastle kings. I think Rich Wilkerson Jr., some guy, wrote a book about this kind of premise, but these sandcastle kings, and what I mean by that is there's these men in the Bible who are building their little kingdoms away and apart from God. And they were building this stuff, and they were trying so hard, but they were so insecure about how fragile it was. So they're building this life. I'm using this metaphor of a sandcastle for your agenda in life, the things you want to accomplish. These men were building these sandcastles apart from God, but they were so insecure because they knew it would fall. They knew they were building on sand. They knew they weren't building a strong foundation. So what does this look like in your life? Maybe you're building up sandcastles. We're building up sand castles. I think we start to do this when we, when we reject faithfully following God into this ocean of grace and love and mercy, and we turn around and head back to the shore, and we decide to do something on our own, and we're saying, now that's good, that Jesus thing is really cool and everything, but I'm going to be right here, and I'm going to start this little project. I'm going to start this little thing, and I'm going to see how it goes. But your faith is no longer in the power of the ocean. Your faith is no longer in this moment with God being surrounded by God. It's on the shore, doing your own thing. No matter how fragile it is, your hope, your all in all, is now in this fragile little sandcastle. Maybe your sandcastle is kind of like your plans after high school. And maybe you've had this moment where you faithfully have dove into this ocean of faith, but then you reject walking with Jesus on the water and faith and having these moments and this journey for swimming back to the shore and doing something on your own and saying, this is my little project, and it's built on your selfishness and your self-ambition and has no other clues about what is going on in life. 
And then you notice this thing, because you know how fragile it is, someone who loves you, a friend or family member, approaches your sandcastle. And they say, maybe, maybe give you some advice, maybe share some love, maybe say, hey, maybe that's not the best way to build that part of your little sandcastle. And then you start kicking and screaming. And you do anything you can to keep them away from that sandcastle because you know how fragile it is. You know how fragile that sandcastle is. Or maybe it's like your responsibility avoidance plan in middle school. You do everything you can to avoid, I can't do the homework, I can't do it, I don't want to do it, I didn't do the dishes, I can't do it. And you, and you totally reject this opportunity to accomplish anything. And you trade it for this castle that you build up in laziness and disrespect for your parents and your teachers. Your friends think it's funny. And you think you're building something really great, but then you find out how insecure you are in all of that. Especially once you go through a hard time and you feel how fragile that sandcastle is in your life and you start kicking and screaming and trying to keep people away from it. Kicking and screaming and yelping. Trying to create a distraction from your fragile little sandcastle. One of the loudest kicking, yelping, screeping situations for sandcastles I've ever seen are people's devices. Because on the outside, they have this life that looks blameless. They're playing this acting game. They're like, no, everything's fine. It's good. It's like, I actually go to church on Wednesday. But deep inside their little sandcastle of blameless life, they are hiding deep within an app all the filth they could find on the internet. And then they go to that app, and they try to go into that sandcastle to find joy, and they find emptiness. And you know why I know that's such a fragile sandcastle? Because what happens when someone else gets a hold of that phone? What happens when someone gets close to that sandcastle? Kicking and screaming and yelping and yelling and punching. Right? These sandcastles, we're not stupid. We know how fragile these sandcastles are. We know the agony and the frustration of life. But we are stupid when we think that our sandcastles can withstand the wind and the weather and the waves that are crashing on our shore. I want you to imagine in this whole metaphor tonight that the ocean is the kingdom of God. It's vast, it's powerful, it's truth. It's deep, it's wide, and it's overwhelming. And I want you to understand that the waves of truth will someday make it to the shores of your fragile sandcastle. Maybe tonight's the night. Maybe tonight's the night that you feel that wave crash onto your fragile little creation that you tried to build without God. But then God shows up. Maybe that's at the end of your life. Maybe that's after your final breath that the waves of truth finally crash into your sandcastle. And you have to deal with it then. So I want to show you this passage we're looking at tonight with a few sandcastle kings who have put their faith in trying to do something apart from God that is very fragile and their insecurity is shown over and over again. And in this scene, this is when Jesus gets arrested. An innocent man, yet he's arrested because here he is challenging these sandcastle kings with fragile lives, saying that he's the true king. And these sandcastle kings are very insecure about that. So they're on their way to having him killed. As we head to Easter, we're going to talk about this moment tonight. 
We're in John 18, verse 28. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. And by now it was early morning. And to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So this is a little bit of a a glimpse into the sandcastle that the religious leaders had. It was their image. They could not be seen with this thing because people would think differently about them. And we have an act to portray. So Pilate came out to them and asked, what charges are you bringing against this man? Pilate understands that Jesus is on the shores of his sandcastle now. And you see this push and shove in the next few verses. If you were not a, if you were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. So they pushed Jesus back over to Pilate's sandcastle, and they say, it's your problem, fix it. And he pushes back, and he says, take him yourselves, judge him by your own law. They push back and they say, but we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside to the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, so are you the king of the Jews or what? Because you're messing with my sandcastle. You're messing with my whole life here. You're messing with my plans and my agenda and my politics, Okay. Jesus says, is that your own idea? It's such a Jesus answer. I love it. Is that your own idea or is someone talking to you about me? And I feel like Pilate just didn't even know what to say. He just goes, am am I a Jew? It's like, okay. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you've done? Because I'm tired of dealing with this. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And if it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest from the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Pilate feels the shores of truth starting to hit his sandcastle. He goes, so you are a king. He felt like he was the king, and now he's being challenged. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. The waves of truth are crashing on the shores of the sandcastle of Pilate and the religious leaders, and they don't know what to do about their fragile insecurity that they've built up and this thing that they're trying to do apart from God. Pilate just goes, what is truth? You can kind of tell that he's kind of like at the end of himself now. He sees his insecurity. So he leaves. He goes back, and he went out again to the Jews, tried to push it back on them, and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. But it is your custom for me to release one of the prisoners at the time of Passover? Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? This is his final push. They said, no, 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 not him. Give us Barabbas. Now, Barabbas had taken part in an uprising, and he was a crook and a thief. And we'll talk about him in later days. But tonight, these are your sandcastle kings, your examples. And maybe you relate with them. Are you kicking and screaming Jesus out of your little sandcastle project that you're trying to do apart from him? Because that's exactly what's happening in this scripture tonight with Pilate and the religious leaders. I want you to think about that as we pray. Lord, tonight, show us how fragile our plans are. Show us how fragile trying to do something without you is. Give us truth And show us that there's no other king but Jesus. And for the hearts that are hardened tonight, I pray that you soften the hear truth so that they're not destroyed 
that they would find hope and peace and joy in the ocean of love and grace and forgiveness that Jesus brings. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, okay, so Pilate's sandcastle. We're going to talk about that for a second, and then we're going we're gonna to touch on a few other things, and then we're going to wrap it up. Pilate's sandcastle had everything to do with his popularity, with his success. He lived the life of a politician. And basically, a life of a politician is just a popularity contest. Does anybody feel like middle school and high school is a little bit of a popularity contest? A little bit. Does anybody feel like they can relate with that? So here he is. He's trying to win this popularity contest. He's saying, I want to be the guy that's up on the wall. I want to be the guy that everybody's talking about. I want to be who's written in the books. Maybe you're saying, I want to be the prom king or queen, and I want to be the homecoming this and that, and I need to be up on that wall with all those great athletes so nobody forgets my name. I want fame. But then Pilate had a problem. Because all of a sudden Jesus showed up. And all these people were upset because Jesus was showing them how fake they were, and all of a sudden he had a problem. And it was messing with a sandcastle of success. And Pilate had a choice to make. Either he was going to let this innocent man go, sacrifice his castle, his sand castle of, of success, and have him killed, or have a riot start, because so many people were upset about this, or he was going to protect his sand castle, kick, scream, yelp, have him killed, and don't worry about it. He had a choice to make. Now, Scott pointed out on Sunday that there's a strong hunch that Pilate understood how heavy this situation was. That he might have even understood that Jesus was very important, but it wasn't worth the value he placed on his sandcastle. Why would he do that? Because he valued his popularity and his personal success and his fame higher than he valued the Son of God. He valued his dreams and his success more than heaven. He put all his hope in his little sandcastle. But in reality, Pilate's sandcastle didn't stand a chance. Pilate kicked Jesus out of his sandcastle so he could keep his popularity. He kicked and screamed and yelped until Jesus left for the sake of his success and his wealth and his fame. Some modern sources call that the American dream. I want to touch on the religious leaders saying castle, because they had one too. And maybe you related to Pilate, but maybe this is you. The religious leaders were all about image. They were all about what people perceived them as and faking it until they made it. And this fake Instagram life of having everything in the right place when people saw you, but when they didn't see you, you were a mess and you were a wreck on the inside. So the religious leaders had everything to do with how they were perceived by people. This was this project that they had. They were like, okay, God, you just stay over there. I'm going to build my image. I'm going to build my image, and people are going to judge me based off of this. And when people were gathering to show their pride in their religion, they were at the center of it. They were at the heads of the table. They were in the front rows in church. No offense, front row. I value you. This is for a different illustration. That got me way off track. But they were playing this life act of who's better at faking it. But then they had a problem. Jesus came on the scene. And he was pointing out how fake they were. 
and he was pointing out that their religion was broken, and he was making them look like a fool in front of everyone. And so they had this choice to make. Okay, so are we going to let this man who claims to be God direct us? Are we going to put off our fancy hats and our fancy clothes and our fake Instagram life and say, Jesus, you're right? You're right, and watch the sandcastle crumble. Or we could kick, yell, and scream, protect our sandcastle, and have this guy killed. Why would they do that? Because they valued their act and their image greater than they valued the Son of God. They valued their religion more than heaven itself. They put all their hope in their little sandcastle project. And the religious leaders kicked and screamed Jesus out of their sandcastle of, of their image. And they kicked and screamed and yelped to keep Jesus far away from their fragile, fake Instagram life. So I want you to think about this. I want you to think about your sandcastles. Maybe you're like Pilate. Maybe you kick and scream and yelp Jesus out of your life for the sake of your popularity for the sake of the American dream, for the sake of fame. Maybe you are more like the religious leaders, that you kick and scream and throw Jesus out of your sandcastle for the sake of your image, for the sake of your fake Instagram life and what you can convince people the fake you is. It looks a lot like this, doesn't it? Watch this video. Watch it again in a different light. He, he kind of reminds me of that Linda, 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 Linda guy. You all know what I'm talking about. Doesn't that look like life, though? Doesn't that look like when you try to build your little project and then Jesus comes in? I have two questions for you tonight. And before I ask you, I hope that you see that these sandcastle kings are not the true king. That they don't have the power that they think they do. That Jesus is the only true king. And these waves of truth that Jesus was hitting their shores with was hitting both of them at the same time. They didn't know what to do. It showed their insecurity, how fragile they were. And these waves of truth were crashing into them. The first question is this. In verse 37... Remember, Pilate said, so you're a king then? And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. And in fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on this side of truth listens to me. Listens to me. My question is, are you listening? Are you listening to the waves of truth that are crashing onto the shores of your sandcastle tonight? Are you listening to the truth that Jesus is the true king. And the second question is, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to let your sandcastle fall? Are you going to be like that kid that just keeps trying to build something and watch it wash away? Is that going to be your whole life? Because Jesus wasn't vague about what truth was. He says this, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. No sandcastle king compares. There is no other king.